dropping the bill now. Stacking the bills now. Came up through these streets. Now who's running the show? Me. Ha ha he he. Yeah. We topping the bill now. What's the word, word, this your man Jeff Basoa here with the one and only Joan Bryan, and you're listening to the Come Up NBA Podcast. What it do, baby? You. NBA season is upon us. Feels it great. Is, right? The weather doesn't feel great. A little cold. It's that time of the year. Man, Twin City said some. We'll give you a nice little 82 degree weather. And then it went down to the 50s. Yeah. And then it went to the 40s. It was 33 degrees and snowing when I woke up on a Friday morning. Yeah, the weekend was pretty tough. Friday and Saturday was rough. I don't even know where my gloves are at, bro. I know you don't wear gloves. You, I was going to say, be... you were the only one I know with gloves. I don't even know where my coat's at. I don't have a, I'm, I haven't had a winter coat in probably 10 years. No, like, that, that, that ass, this dude has not worn a coat yeah, I ever since I've known him. He doesn't wear a coat. No. Where yeah. Jeffrey's the opposite. Jeffrey has the hat, the coat, the gloves, earmuffs, the whole nine. Scarves, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced this dude, Juwan, don't even got, like, no blankets or pillows or nothing in his car should anything bad go wrong. Absolutely not. <laughs> Who would I have any of that for my car for? My tra- so so you, you ain't never scared you're going to get stuck in the snow or none? No. I have four-wheel drive. I'm a good driver. So, like, it don't matter if, I get, if I get stuck, I'm not stuck. I'm probably, like, got into an accident and I need immediate assistance. I mean, I, I've seen some some cars get stuck, like, your size, bro. Sometimes nah. you get stranded in the middle of nowhere, but. No, nah, I ain't. Listen, that ain't happening. I'm not going to start knock on wood. Hopefully my luck keeps up, I guess. Nah, I hope it does, too. I mean, I feel like in my experience, I probably would have been the type of person to always have that stuff anyways once I got a car. But I think especially after my car accident that happened in the winter, I was like, I'm just going to have to keep this stuff on me just <laughs> in case. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, my car accident happened. I was an hour, hour and a half outside the city. Yeah. So it's like, you know, had the cops not showed up in a reasonable time, or ambulance had showed up in a reasonable time. Man, it's been cold. Man, who are you telling? At least my car heater was working, Facts. even though I that got was hit the, twice. That was the only thing that was working on the <laughs> yeah. car. Literally. Yeah. But we made it out. But, I mean... If you have a coat, see, my thing is, like, mm. if I have a coat, I wouldn't need a pillow or blanket. So, like, I probably should. I think this will be the first year I invest in a coat. Mm. A stylish one, though. One mm. that I could just, like, rock with stuff. Because, like, now that I, I work a corporate job, it's like I'm oh, going into the building uh-huh. with a hoodie on. Like, uh-huh. and I just kind of look funny. So, like, I think I need to invest in a coat just to so look. Are we, about, are we talking about, like, a peacoat? Yeah, like a peacoat. Like, okay. Probably like a peacoat. Some okay. little, maybe get a little fedora hat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get my Neo on. I'm serious. I get stylish on y'all real quick. Come on, man. Stop playing. <laughs> Jeffrey laughing. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. A fedora. What's Yo. wrong? What's wrong with that? Maybe some. I can't do the earmuffs. There's, earmuffs there's, too much. There, there's nothing wrong with. I can a do a fedora. There's nothing wrong with a fedora. I have a hard time envisioning you. Oh, I'm gonna pull that out. I'm gonna fedora. be swagging out there too. Cause, cause the thing is, like, y'all don't know about this, but Jawan's like a really modern dresser. You know what I'm saying? Mm. This dude has all J's and Nikes available Relax. to him. He's he's a really swaggy dude. He's yeah, I'm a sweatpants and hoodie guy. He's wearing sweatpants and hoodie right now. Yeah. So imagine this man. And a corporate attire, pulling up in a peacoat and a fedora. I can't see it. That's the funniest part, though. When everybody sees me when I come from work, they're like, oh, my God, Juwan, you dressed up so nice. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, bro, I do this five days a week. Like, <laughs> this is me This is me for, like, 50 hours during the week. So, like, what are y'all talking about? The moment I get home, I'm in my sweatpants. Stop playing. Oh, my God. Fact. Sometimes I bring the sweatpants in my backpack, and I change as soon as I leave work, bro. But shout out to Express. They got some comfortable uh, dress look, look, pants. Look, look, look at this man. This man with the plug. Dude, shout out to I know. Express we can't. Though. They ain't even got a sponsor. So I ain't shouting them out. Never mind. Man. But uh, I want to transition because you... 
You're about to be trading your winter coat, winter gloves, winter yes, hat for a uh fl- fl- uh what am I looking like a flower pattern shirt. Get your chest meat out. You know what I'm saying? Short shorts. Ya tu sabe. Yo, dale. Let, what's the? Let them know the news, man. Ladies and gentlemen, your lovely host is taking his talents down to south of the border. Mm, not Miami. And joining his longtime partner in Mexico City. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I'm we're joking, but this is this no, is no, serious. Like that ass. I'm actually, I'm <laughs> that ass. I'm actually moving to Mexico City. <laughs> How how long are you going for? Is this a this is a is this a contract role? Is it what what does this look like? Look, you know, this is not no ten day contract. <laughs> all right, maybe they'll extend me and give me like the minimum when I'm done. But not. Nah, this is a a two year thing. Like they gave Jake Lehman, mm. they gave him the three year thing. But it's a two year deal with me down in Miami. Mm. I'll be back up here in the Twin Cities every so often to pop up on the family, pop up on my friends, and see what it do. But man's is moving to Mexico City. G, it's lit. A lot of people ask. Like me, or they ask out somewhere close. Like, you guys sad? Are you sad? Jeffrey's leaving. And I'm like, I can't be sad because it's not like a. Well, first off, I have a new vacation spot, <laughs> so oh, like, God. I'm going to Mexico at least twice while he's down there yeah, for sure. Come through, but I know that it's not a permanent thing. I think if it was a permanent thing, it'd be a little bit harder to adjust to. But the fact that it's, I know it's going to be like you know a two, maybe a three year thing. Right, is like. You know, we're only young once, and it's like, why not? You know what I'm saying? Why not? Because the stories are going to be great. It's so ridiculous. And, and you know, should things go well, even better. Should things go south, I can always come back home. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, you, you don't really lose in the equation. So I'm still, like, finalizing what the what the job going to be looking like, but I'm hoping to still do media stuff when I'm down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to mean that in my transition for our listeners, I do apologize ahead of time. Yeah, it's going to take a minute. It's going to take me a while to get my equipment, all my mics, get myself a nice little mix board when I'm down there. So the come up is going to be lacking a little bit as the season starts, and I want to apologize in advance, but we'll be back. And when we're back, y'all know what the deal is. I think we'll probably shoot for probably November to start recording again because you leave on the 30th, I leave on October 30th. So that give you about two weeks to settle in, you know, do your thing, maybe a little bit longer too because it's a (laughs) – I know nothing about relocating. Nah. You know a little bit of it, but like that was a long time ago. So it, I, I'm gonna need a. I've been talking to one of the sound engineers here at uh here at NPR mm-hmm. about some things that I would need if I wanted to do like a remote remote setup. Mm-hmm. He he introduced me to this. There's this thing called like a whole mix board called a, a roadcaster, mm. which is like this like little thing can slide into your backpack. It allows you to hold up to like different like four or like six different settings. So I can have like someone on a mic, which would be me. I could have someone on the phone. I could have something plugged into a USB. So you got it's lit. So it's lit, but That's it costs cool. like five hundred dollars. Yeah, gotta work your way up to that one. Exactly, and and it I ain't wa- cheap. Exactly, and I know a lot of the folks that's been liking the com- you know liking the come up. Y'all been liking not only because we love the we got some dope banter, we got some pretty cold, occasionally hot takes. Mm-hmm. Um. But y'all like it because it's good audio quality. You know what I'm saying? And even though I'm down there and I want to be pumping out episodes all the time, I don't want to produce something good. that's mid. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure when you in your car jamming and doing your thing, you're like, yo, this, this is sounds dope. good. Sounds like you're there with us. Exactly. For sure. So what what do you think the thing you're going to miss the most about Minnesota or being here? Outside of my family? Yeah. that's a, Family's an easy one. Family yeah. friends are easy one. I mean, I, I think my biggest thing is, and I've been telling folks this, the Twin Cities is on the come up. Oh, and I see what you did there. <laughs> I, I I don't think that uh, 
I don't think that people outside of the Twin Cities recognize it, truly recognize it. I don't think that many people in the Twin Cities themselves truly recognize to which extent the mm-hmm. Twin Cities are going to come up. When I look at the Minnesota here in like five to ten years, where we're at creatively, mm-hmm. where we're at as far as culture, mm-hmm. a lot's going to change. Every year we're getting 75K new people in the city. That means the city's changing. It's becoming more diverse. There's a lot of job opportunities. Climate change is helping to move people up here because there's a lot of dope things here. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of sad that I'm not going to be here in these next couple of years to be on the grounds level continuing to pioneer that change mm-hmm. and what that looks like. You know what I'm saying? And I've been doing a lot of this with you know, the current or NPR news and kind of like helping to change some of the narrative or like when I'm going doing stuff with the current and I'm going to concerts, I'm meeting new artists. That's one way that I'm trying to contribute to the change that's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm covering these artists. I'm putting them on, which I'm still going to do from afar. But it's not the same thing when you're actually at the concert. But at the same time, the opportunity to build with other creatives that grew up in your city that can share that and you can build it in your vision. Mm-hmm. There's something there's something like amazing about being a pioneer. So that is. Uh, so basically, you're about to be an absent father and geez. show up and show up on draft night. Goodness, like oh, this is my baby. I'm so proud of you. We did it. <laughs> I'm gonna come back like ooh. I'm gonna be like Drake after uh, after they won the championship. Like we did everything around you. Look look around you. We did this. We built this. That's gonna be <laughs> yeah. But he was actually there. You weren't though. You know what? I actually, <laughs> I'm a. Uh, I'm, I actually got like a, we can talk about this off air, but I actually have this idea, this app that I think will blow up. I ain't going to be I mean, sharing it right now until listen, it's I'm Listen, I'm all for get rich quick, quick schemes. So man, let me, listen, <laughs> let me I got you. This, man. Uh, right. let's, let's hop into Well, speaking of, you getting, yeah, speaking of you getting into Mexico and heating up. The NBA season's here. It's heating up. See, I'm trying to work out my transition game. It's it's decent. It's it's light. It's getting better though. This man's the host now. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, where do you want to start? The season's here, so. Oh yeah, we, we got. So we're breaking down the Eastern and the Western Conference today. Yeah. You want to do awards today too? Should we just nah. like banter? Because think we, about we it, did the, we did the rookie awards. Last yeah, we time. did that. Okay, maybe we could just give our MVPs. How about that? Because I feel Ooh. like. It's like with this episode, the next time we record, the season's already starting, so you can't give out your MVP then. All right, all right. So, you, so you also want MVP, and you or also want- no, 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 nope. I want you to give just like your player, your stamping player. You can just pick a player, well, because I know you picked your new favorite player. Like I forget, I forget who it was. I think it was Embiid. Yeah, it might be Cat now. I don't know. What's oh about. man, of course, with a or homework. Pascal. Actually, to be honest, it probably is Pascal. Oh, see, there you go. Your stamp. There you go. Actually, That's it your is stamp. Pascal. That's there you go. But let let's start. You want to start in the East or West? Uh, let's start with the Eastern Conference because the West is a lot more fun. <sighs> we're gonna we're gonna rank these. We can do top eight, and then you can have your bubble teams, and then the worst team. And you do it however you want. Let's start with you. Start with mine. Yeah, bro. Okay. Um. I'll go top down. Uh, Number one, I have probably the best starting five in the NBA. Um, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Go ahead. Why? I I think that, one, they have the length and the athleticism. They have decent shooting on their team. Ben Simmons looks even more complete. Saw him, took a three, and the crowd reacted like it was a game winner. Um, I think they all take that next step, and I think Al Horford – um, raises their floor that much higher. I don't know what their ceiling is without Horford, but I know their floor is higher now, if that makes sense. So they're my number one team out east. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Continuity. 
they lost Brogdon, but they also brought in some other interesting pieces that don't make them worse. They make them a little bit better, but how much better we're going to see. Um, another year of Giannis growth. The jump shot has been looking a little better still. Have questions about those mechanics, but whatever. As long as he's hitting them at least at 33 34%, we're talking a pretty good game right here. My second team is the Philadelphia 76ers, and the reason why is that they go as far as Joel Embiid is healthy. They go as far as how consistent Ben Simmons is as a jump shooter. I think they're going to be great. In fact, you know, I might go so far as say that they're probably one of the top three teams to make it into the finals. Um, but I need to see it first, so it's easier for me to slot them at two than number one. So I'm obviously I feel like one and two are pretty much locks. Right. The 76ers and the Bucks are the clear cut two best teams out east. Yep. I put the Bucks second because I think that Brogdon hurts them. Mm. Losing Brogdon hurts them, even though I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I just think that Eric Bledsoe's not that good. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> when you don't have that depth there, it it hurts. They took a gamble on Bledsoe and it did not pay out. Yeah, well. so I think I think it hurts, and I feel like kind of like those Hawks teams that we seen a couple years ago, where like you had your 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 window where you were peak. I think last year might have been the peak for that team. I just don't know how they can get better outside of Giannis adding a jump shot. Right. Like, I don't know how much better they they, they can be. Um, <clears throat> and that's why when I look at them, I just say, you know what, even if, like we t- you said, you know, how far Joel can take them barring injury. If Joel gets hurt, I don't know how much, this, again, the floor is still high because Al Horford does so many he great so many things. things. Right. He could easily slide to center, right. and you could start Mike Stott at the power forward. He's your insurance for when he Exa- goes down. A thousand percent. But at the same time, your ceiling with Al Horford is still above average, but your ceiling well, yeah, with yeah, both yeah. of them is like elite. I just think that if, like, say if Embiid missed 10 games, I feel like they could easily go 6-4, and 7-3 and three with without him, right. right? Now, if they lose Ben Simmons, that's a, that's a different ball game for me mm-hmm. because – they don't really have that much depth at the guard spot compared right. to the bigs. They don't really have – you obviously have T.J. McConnell, Josh Richardson. Well, T.J. McConnell's gone now. Oh, he, is he? He's well, in Indiana. <laughs> shows how much I know. <laughs> Jeez, so I just think that they're not as d- deep there, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, But I still think they're better than the Bucks. I just don't know if the Bucks can make that next step. Right. Now, this is where it gets interesting for me. I agree. Because when I looked at the third spot, I said... The East is interesting this year. I said, eh. eh. Uh, I'm excited to see who you settled on. I think I got a, I got a sleeper at number three. All right. Maybe we have the same sleeper. Let's see. I have the Jimmy Butler no. Miami Heat no. at number three. No. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah, I have them at number three. I think... Sheesh. You think he makes them that much better? Yeah. I do, and I think they're mm. going to end up trading midseason for Chris Paul. Okay, if, if, you, if you're predicting that, then yes, okay. I think that yeah. they have, they they just got a bunch of guys who get after it. That's a, when I look at that team, I see a bunch of dudes who get after it. Justice Winslow, Jimmy Butler, you know they got James Johnson, Bam Amabayo. Like these are dudes who just they're gritty. They're right. gritty. Dion Waiters, Jimmy. If Jimmy can get inside Dion's head, that's a good. They still have Gordon Dragic, who's pretty decent. Like, I think they have a bunch of dudes who just get after it, and now they have that go-to guy. Right. They have that guy you know they can get count on to get 20-plus points every night. And if Tyre Hero can add his 15 points a game or shoot at least 34% from three, that's another weapon that they have. Um, and I think they're in a prime spot. I just think that 
You could you could honestly put any team here at three. I just think that Miami takes that step. Yeah, I, I think my one concern with Miami, and I, I have them much lower in my production. I, I, be, I, I believe it. Um, I have them making the playoffs. Um, Jimmy Butler is the unquestionable best player on this roster. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how good of a thing that is when Jimmy Butler is your best player. I've always said that he is your second best player um, <laughs> if you're trying to contend for a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so... When I look at that roster, Garand Dragic, I like him a lot. You said that they might trade for CP3. It makes a whole lot of sense, and that could change a lot of things. I don't think that they're as deep as a team as they've been in past seasons. True. Um, my third my third team, as you said, this could have been anyone, but I'm going to take a gamble on this team in spite one of the recent acquisitions not playing this season, the Brooklyn Nets at mm. number three. You know, they lost D'Angelo Russell. That was their key loss this season. But they brought in Kyrie Irving. They brought in Kevin Durant, who we most likely will not see this season. Wilson Chandler. You know, they brought in Wilson Chandler. They got DeAndre Jordan. And they've maintained probably who the player that I think was the most important player for the Brooklyn Nets last season, Kareese LeVert, who only stands to get better this season. And with Kevin Durant not being there, more confident going into the season. And his greatness alongside Kyrie Irving and ultimately Durant when they get there, Mm-hmm. It's going to be absolutely crazy. I think that they are going to come out there, especially with Kyrie. He has a lot to prove um, after leaving Boston, uh, Boston Celtics. I'm excited for them, so I got them at three right now. I I think Kyrie does have a lot to prove, but he doesn't think he has a lot to prove. I think Kyrie's one of those dudes where he's just like, I'm going to do what I want. I'm just going to go out there. Like I don't see him having that, that sense of like, oh, I'm about to prove it to you. Right. Um, and that's why I have them at four. So we're kind of in the same area. Um, I think that Miami takes that leap, and I think Miami gets after it every night. I think that this Brooklyn team, they have the talent. Great coach, it, great organization. I just don't know how much I can bet on Kyrie. Because after what he did last year, I know he spoke on his mental health, not being in the right spot mentally, not being able to elevate these young guys. What about that makes me assured that he can do it with this team mm-hmm. obviously it's a little bit different he's got Kevin Durant there and he's got DeAndre Jordan there mm-hmm. I I if they finish third I wouldn't be shocked put it that yeah. way but I have them at four right I mean third fourth you know you look at the semantics I just I just think that you know the talent speaks for himself and you know the six uh, the Nets who finished sixth last season adding someone like Kyrie and they did get better on mm-hmm. paper um I expect them to finish around third uh you had them at fourth. My fourth team was, I'm going to take a gamble on this one. I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers. Mm. Um, they're that team that everyone always sleeps on, but year after year they grind out and just continue to win games against the bad, against, against the bad teams, occasionally shock the good teams. They're always top 15 in defense, always top 15 in offense. Victor Oladipo most likely will not be starring in the game until December. They did pick up Malcolm Brogdon. They got McConnell. They still got Sabonis. Another year growth of Miles Turner. Um, I just think that they're just a solid overall team that just grinds out and plays hard every game, that they can carve out that fourth spot for themselves on the East. Gotcha. My fourth team – we no, we're on fifth, right? This is my yeah. fifth team. My fifth team is the Boston Celtics. Um, yep. I think they're – Easily, as far as talent goes, from a wing perspective and from a guard perspective, the talent is there. Mm-hmm. Kimball Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward. I don't know if you're going to find a team with more wing talent and more guard depth than that. Mm-hmm. 
But their problem is their front court. Their front court is rough. They've been starting Daniel Dice at center, yes. essentially. Yes. Yeah. They have Dice and they have Cantor. And Cantor's been coming off the bench. So. And that's not going to win you games in the playoffs. That's not – like, that's tough to count on night in, night out. Mm-hmm. You need that presence. They need, like, a rim blo- protector, like, just somebody who can anchor that defense. Like, a Tyson Chandler would have been perfect there. Mm-hmm. Tyson Chandler would have been perfect there. But um, I still think they're talented enough, and I think that Kemba – um, kind of elevates them to a level that Kyrie can't, but not having Horford there will hurt. Um, but they're my fifth team. Yeah, they're my, they're my fifth team as well for those exact same reasons. I think they're one of those teams that they can certainly, if everyone experiences that growth, especially Jason Tatum, um, you know, um, Jalen Brown as well. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if Kemba fits in properly. Um, but it's like there's so many pieces that need to happen, and you have this feel-good vibe about it, but at the same time, how Brad Stevens turns it around. I think it's going to take more time uh, than people probably assume it will. Um, my sixth team was the Heat. Um, I'm not going to go back and hash out why, but what was your sixth team? Uh, my sixth team was the Pacers. Okay. That's right, the Pacers. Yeah. I look at the Pacers, to me, they have, they have some guys who can get after it. I think their roster can get after it, but – the way I look at the Pacers and the Heat are kind of the same lens, but they don't have a Jimmy Butler. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Victor Oladipo, mm-hmm. but Victor Oladipo realistically is not going to get up to full speed probably until mid January, late January. Yeah. that's when he'll probably really ramp up. And I don't know how good they'll be by then, but I think they're solid. Yeah. What I'll say too is when I looked at the East, it was I kind of looked at it in three tiers. Mm. Tier one, it seventy sixers and Bucks. Tier two is the four teams we just talked about: 76ers, Heat, Pacers, um, Celtics. Those are the four teams in that second tier. And then after that, it's kind of where I seen a drop off, and I was just like, <laughs> it's, "It's like it's a weird drop off, but at the same time, it's like there's competition within this drop off." So when people always say there's no, there's not enough competition out east, it's like. There is. It's just some, it's just, it's just some average competition. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So who do you have in your seventh slot? Uh, in my seventh slot, I'm going to go with the reigning champions, Toronto Raptors. Um, I think some folks are expecting a significant drop-off from the Raptors in a Kawhi Leonard-less era. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that this is probably not the best stat, but they had a pretty good record without Kawhi Leonard playing some games last season. Mm-hmm. I think they were like 17-5 and when Kawhi didn't play. Um, I think much like I talked about other teams being motivated, I think they're motivated to play without Kawhi Leonard a little bit. Um, and I don't expect them to implode midseason. If they implode midseason, just consider them out of the rankings completely. But I think they'll win enough games where they can be a seven seed. They play good defense. They have a good offensive system. It all comes down to can Pascasia come shoulder more responsibilities. But they're still deep, and they're bringing back a healthy OG Anunobe who missed a lot of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so seven seed is where I kind of place them right now. Yeah, that's where I have the Raptors at, too. I have them at seven seed. Um, the reason I don't group them into that other tier is because there's a chance that they might just go full tank mode and yep. trade Gasol, Lowry, Lowry, and just pack it in, yep. right? So there, there's an off chance that happens. Mm-hmm. But if they keep everybody together, I think they're a for-sure playoff oh, team. Yeah, they're the type of team that wins you – 44 games and out east 44 44 games 43 games like that's a seven seed that's an eight seed mm-hmm. easily uh my eighth seed this, this is where, is where it got tricky 
Man, the eighth seed was hard. Man. This is where it got tricky. It got real hard. Um, I'm gonna go with the Detroit Pistons. <sighs> I went with the Detroit Pistons. They narrowly made the playoffs last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on paper they've gotten better. Year two of Dwayne Casey. Um, another year of growth for Luke Kennard. They brought in Derrick Rose. Say what you will about him. You, they brought in Joe Johnson. Say what you will about him. They didn't make any bad moves, right, that made them significantly worse. When I look at the other teams that they're competing with, I see higher boom than bust potential, which is kind of like how I put them into eighth. Mm-hmm. And I think they were ground out enough wins just like last season that puts them one game or 1.5 or two games right above the team that's coming up right after them. The team that could usurp them for me in eighth seed is the Orlando Magic. Um, but I have the Detroit business at number eight. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit's cool. Detroit's like the safe pick. Like it's just like the, you know what they're floor. They got vets. You know mm-hmm. they don't need to do. You know they they could just stay with put and be fine. Right. I went with a team that I think is going to take a leap. They have tons of young talent. Mm. They're changing the culture. Mm. Um, I went with the Atlanta Hawks. Interesting. I went with the Atlanta Hawks. I'm a big believer in Trey Young. Um, John Collins in the middle. They got the wing depth um, with Hoyter, and then they got Hunter, Cam Reddish. Vince Carter is not going to play that big of a role, but he's just going to be there for you know leadership and support. Um, this is probably a homer pick, not a homer pick, but like a just believing in the hype pick, I guess you would call it. Right. Um, the other teams I consider was Detroit and then Orlando as well. I think that Orlando has a really strong shot because Orlando they have talent. Season. They do, um, and I really hope Markel Fultz can you know, provide that. I hope he can o- overcome DJ Augustine as a starter there um, eventually. So, but I-, I went with the Atlanta Hawks. I think they're, they're poised and they're in position. If those young guys can take that step, be huge. Now that'll be pretty interesting. I, I'm just going to quickly run through my bottom Eastern conference teams, just so we don't linger too much on them. And you can tell me who you have. Um, so ninth seed, I had the Orlando magic right after them. I had the Chicago bulls. They're one of those teams where, like, the talent is there, but I think it's still going to take another year of growth of them together to finally maybe make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I have the Washington Wizards shortly after the Bulls, but they could certainly be lower. I have the Atlanta Hawks as one of the bottom four teams out east, not because I don't think they're great. I just think that it's going to take them a longer time to get to that point. You know, everyone's still young. Everyone's still fresh. I think they're hungry to win. Mm -hmm. They're a team that, like you said, they could easily go out there and win 44 games and surprise you, especially in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. I just think that they end up losing too many games in the front end of the season that they're going to end up, you know, middling around 35 to 37 wins. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got Hawks and then the three worst teams in order in the Eastern Conference, Knicks, Cavs, and then the Hornets. And that's basically it out east. Yeah, I mean, no arguments there. I think the the Hornets are definitely the worst team in my opinion. Yeah. Um, they got some young talent though. That's the thing about the Hornets. Like I, I'm not the biggest Terry Rozier fan, but I'm not a crit like I'm not that big of a critic. I think he needs the opportunity and I'm excited to see him get the opportunity. Data analytics hate him. Yeah. But obviously they need some help in their front court. Um I like Miles Bridges. I like um Dwayne Bacon. 
I think I think they got some nice talented pieces. Can, can Malik Monk become the shooter that he's he was supposed to be? Right. It, it, it was it's too many Washington ifs. the 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 right pick. It's too many ifs. So I got them last. Um, I agree with the Cavs pick. Same thing with the Knicks. Um, I think Washington flirts down there too. Yeah. Especially if they get rid of Bradley Beal, I think right. they're easily. I'd probably slide them if they get rid of Bradley Beal. I'd slide them to last. Which is a strong possibility. They could get rid of Bradley Beal. I mean, so. no, most likely no John Wall this season. So, who's and who's their second best player on that team? Uh, exactly, Thomas O'Brien. <laughs> exactly. Hey, but but he's kind of nice. I've been watching him in preseason. He's kind of nice, exactly. but not good enough to get you W's. But yeah, I'm with you there. I think the Bulls are Bulls. Um, they're good. I think they're probably another one piece away or another year away. I think um, it's just maturity. Yeah, and I think Zach Levine probably takes that step and becomes an all-star this year, though, for them, especially out east because there's not much out east. He should. The, the The big thing is that he should get out there. I think a lot of their season might come down to Wendell Carter's growth as a center um, and how well they defend the paint. Uh, we know Zach Levine cannot defend a wet paper bag, um, but you know I'm intrigued in like Kobe White, you know what I'm saying, and what he's able to contribute as a point guard coming off the bench he got Chris Dunn he has uh Thomas Sadoreski who came from Washington He's trash. I watched him play. Thomas? Yes, I forgot who they were playing. Oh my god, I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like he had four turnovers in probably like 3 minutes. I was just like, what? and he missed Zach Levine on the alley-oop. Like Zach's like throwing his hand there like, "Throw me the oop." And he he threw it way late and it went over Zach's head. And I'm just like, "You are buns, buddy." Like <laughs> you should be third behind Chris Dunn and uh the new dude. Well, we'll see what Jim Boylan does because Sadoransky had a pretty decent decent run with the Washington Wizards, which is why he got signed to that $30 million who, contract. Who is your least, like, no matter what, chances are you are, you will not watch a game on this this team this year? I ain't trying to watch no Cavs or Hawks game. I mean, not Hawks, no Cavs or Hornets games. I don't care. I really don't care. Um there's no one on the Cavs that's particularly exciting to me. Yeah. I think part of that is also they drafted two point guards in back-to-back drafts, um, and I don't think that they can fit together. So I don't want to watch that ugly fit. I've seen mm. too many bad rebuilds in Minnesota for me to want to watch another bad one out there. Facts. I agree um, with that. I think Charlotte's more interesting than the Cavs are, to be honest, but I don't want to spend time on them either. Yeah. I'm not watching any Washington Wizards game. Bradley Beal there or not, can, I'm not watching any Washington you can Wizards add them, You can add them to the list. I'd rather watch a Knicks game. Oh, no, I'm definitely watching Knicks games because I think they got some talent over there, and I want right. to see how Kevin Knox, um, second-year jump. I want to see R.J. Barrett, even Dennis Smith Jr. Like, they got some talent over there. So I'm right. definitely watching some Knicks games, especially yeah. if Morris is hitting people in the head with the ball. <laughs> I'm watching Knicks games. You hear what they said? Protect the garden. Protect the garden. <laughs> Some fighting going on over there. <laughs> All right, yeah. Let's so let's transition over to the Western Conference. Uh, same same deal. Mm-hmm. Going top down. You want to start? Or you want me to start? You start. Give your first. Team. I, I think we have the the we we both have the same consensus. Number one. I don't think we do. I think we do. I think we both have the Los Angeles Clippers. I don't. Oh, you don't. I don't. Oh, that's interesting. But no, I have the Los Angeles Clippers as the number one team out west right now. Um, I think that they were deep without Kawhi. They were deep without Paul George. And by I mean deep, just a lot of above-average, high-IQ players that can get scrappy and get wins. We saw that on their route to a playoff berth last season. Mm-hmm. Now you are able to maintain Pat Beverly, um, and you're able to insert two of the top ten players in the league right now, um, if you consider Paul George a top ten player. Um, he was an MVP candidate last season. I think 
they grind out enough wins uh, in the regular season and blow quite a few teams out, especially those Eastern Conference teams, mm-hmm. to win 60-plus games and clinch the number one seed. Um, I have the Houston Rockets at number one. Ooh, yeah. ooh that's saucy. I do. That's I think saucy. That, and what? It's, it's simply off the fact that James Harden, Rockets teams, they win games. They win games, and I think that they, they started last season four fifteen. They did, game. they did, and that was also due to injury. Um, Chris Paul missed a lot of games. It was just a different team, but I think this year they have one thing that I like. One move that I really, really like that they did, who probably won't have the biggest impact on the court, but I like that they brought Tyson Chandler in. Mm. Um, that's a person who is a great presence. It's just his presence is great. That's going to help them, um, and I think that. You know, with Westbrook, Harden, Eric Gordon, they got Ryan Anderson to space the floor. Um, I feel like they're they're always on and off of Ryan Anderson. I feel like Ryan Anderson gets back on the Houston yeah, Rockets. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's he's like an NBA player in a Kardashian. He's yeah. like the NBA team's Kardashian. Like, all right, I'll be back, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, <laughs> but I think that they just play. So I I think they get after it, and I think they win. You know, fifty fifty eight to sixty games, and I think that the difference, the reason I don't have the Clippers number one is because. I think that there's going to be a struggle to adjust period where so you're going to have Paul George missing about a month to start the year. He's going to miss about 10 games, 10 to 15 games to start the year. Mm-hmm. Kawhi already rest. He's going to, you know, he's not going to he's going to play probably 60 to 65 games that year. So when they do bring these pieces on, how the offense is going to flow, how these pieces are going to match along with, you know, strong presence like like a Lou Will, like Montrez Harold, like all these pieces, how to glue it together. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be in a little bit of adjustment period, right? And I kind of look at it like the Warriors um, the second year. So not when they won the championship the first year. The second year they came back and Houston was the number one seed. They won 60-plus games. Mm-hmm. The Warriors were the two seed. That's how I look at it this year. Right. I think that they just there there's gonna be too many games where it's just like, oh, they're trying to adjust and they're not even gonna care because they know they're built for the playoffs. Right. Where I think Houston's gonna go hard the whole year. I think the Clippers are like, you know what? We're talented. We're getting ready for April, May, June. I my one reserve with the Houston Rockets is even through preseason, I still don't know what James Harden and Russell Westbrook look like. I still don't know how they work. I agree. And I don't think that D'Antoni knows how they work. And because I have a hard time visualizing it in the end product, Mm -hmm. I think they will get in each other's way until proven otherwise. And so when you're talking about adjustment periods, I think that they have one of the biggest adjustments to make as well with two players that are so ball dominant. Harden obviously has shown that he is capable of being ball dominant and win games. He did it last season, Mm -hmm. which is why I thought he should have been MVP. You know, Russ just loves to be on ball and is also one of the most inefficient three-point players in the history of the game considering the volume of three-pointers that he takes. I, I, the verdict is out for me on on, 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 on the Rockets, and, and I just need to see more. I'm also not convinced about the supporting cast. Um, I like Eric Gordon. I mean, Tyson Chandler's cool. He was all right in, with the Lakers. Um, but everyone else with that wing depth outside of, like, Austin Rivers, outside of Eric Gordon, it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Should, I agree. Should any one of these players go out? How, how are we going to handle? Are we just going to let Harden do everything? How does he work? I got too many questions. Second seed, out west. Is oh, it, I get the Clippers. I the Clippers you you got the Clippers. Uh, initially, I made my list like well before preseason. Got mm-hmm. so excited for the season. 
And initially, my second seed was going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. I have uh, since rescinded that with um, mm. a reminder of how brittle and how fragile mm. Mr. Anthony Davis is. Mm. And I know you and I have talked about this off mic a lot of times about Anthony Davis and how he's missed over 20 games in almost each of the last four seasons, right? Yeah. He got a grade A thumb sprain, which they're saying should not be too bad. It won't require surgery. He should be good to go by opening night. That's not an issue to me. My issue is, when is the next injury coming? Because it's coming. And, and, and history shows that it is. And so... With that type of wear and tear and that fragility, I had them initially as the second seed. I put them down to the third seed. The team, to me, that gets that second seed out west, I think the Denver Nuggets are back Ugh. at it again. And you know I, I hate, hate the Nuggets. I hate Denver. I hate Denver, too. You know I hate Denver. I have them three. <laughs> I, I, I have them as the second team because last season they showed that they not only do they grind out wins, they show that they are a deep team. They did. They they won games last year without being the most efficient three point shooting team. In spite of being one of the best three point shooting teams the year before, mm-hmm. Gary Harris was shooting like forty four percent from three pointers two seasons ago. He shot well, a little bit below thirty five percent last season, right after signing his eighty four million dollar contract. So this year you're bringing back Gary Harris, who you're expecting to be better. Already a great three and D player, Jokic. Right, we know who he is. He's still cheeks on defense. Jamal Murray is an X factor on that team as far as can he consistently be great. We've seen him be really, really, really good. Have we? Taking, we've seen him be really good. He's like had a, games when he did. And that's the thing with him is that he'll average like 22, 23 for a season, but then it's like those 20, you know, it'll, it'll come out of games where he's exploding for 35. He's exploding for 37. Like one game out of every five games that kind of, uh, you know, makes his average much larger than it needs to be. But you know who I'm most excited about on top of this deep team? I'm excited for Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I hate Michael Porter Jr. has risen on my list of people that I don't like in the league. He's just so cocky for no reason. Like if you watch him play, it's just like, bro, you like you haven't touched you haven't played one meaningful minute in the NBA, bro. And you're Jeez. I'm not buying the hype. I, 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 I think a lot of it is he he's confident because he's in the right situation. I don't think if he, if he was in another or, organization that was losing more games, mm-hmm. he'd be that confident. But I think because his teammates have confidence in him, because he's finally back and he's feeling good, I'm excited to see him on the court. I like what I've seen in preseason. And I would love to see him solidify that three spot for the Nuggets. Uh, but they're a deep team. So I got them right now at number two and Lakers at three. Okay, so you have the Lakers at two, Nuggets at three. Yeah. I have Rockets, Clippers, Nuggets. Nuggets are my third team for all the reasons that you mentioned. Um, I don't think they're a finals contending team. I Not think yet. they're just a really good they're regular, regular season, season team. team. Yeah. But if I was a like a lower level team and I'm like, dang, out of all these top teams, who would I rather play in the playoffs in the first round? I'm a thousand percent targeting the Denver Nuggets. The Spurs should have beat the Nuggets last season. Yeah. If we're keeping it a buck. Yeah. So I agree. Who's your fourth team? The Houston That's- Rockets. The Houston Rockets, for everything I listed before, are my fourth team. Um, I just think the three teams ahead of them just have a clearer identity to me mm-hmm. and win enough games, whereas the Rockets I'm still shaken by. Uh, I have the Lakers at four. All right. Um, same thing you mentioned, AD being hurt. Um, and it's just the – I don't 
I don't know how good this team is. Like the the pieces they're missing, the pieces that they have, I'm just like, meh. And they beat the Warriors in the first preseason game and had the nerve to tweet out, consider this a warning. <laughs> this man just mad. Why? Like, what is, who does that? <laughs> consider this a warning in preseason game number one. It's LA. LA's back. They haven't won a preseason game since then. LA, LA's back. Come on, bro. I late, hate late, that. Lakers fans took a hiatus for many this years. This is going to be a long season. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a long season, bro. We forgot how bad Lakers fans were, but they're excited now. I, I, it's gonna be a rough. It's gonna be a long season. But I have the Lakers at four. All right. Who's your fifth seed? I have the Warriors. Ooh. The Golden State Warriors at number f- at, at five. Um, that's interesting. And this is betting on the fact that I think Steph and Draymond play seventy plus games. If Dr- Steph and Draymond don't play seventy plus games, they're gonna be fighting for a playoff spot. But I'm betting on this the tandem to hold it down. D'Angelo Russell to to um, transition in seamlessly, and then getting Clay back in February, I think that they have the pieces, and I'm expecting a couple of these young guys to step up. Jordan Poole's averaging you know 15 points in the preseason. I don't put too much merit into his 15 points. It's more about the shots he's taking. He's he's gunning. Jordan Poole is not afraid to shoot the ball, and that's something they need to win games. They're gonna need to to score. They're gonna need to put shots up. Um, especially when you're playing with Steph because he creates so many open looks for other players. Jordan Poole is a guy who's going to get his shots off. Nick Young-esque type of player, and I think that's going to help them a lot. Um, Marquise Chris has looked pretty solid for them. Um, but their biggest thing is winged up. You know, Glenn Robinson's looking like he might be their starting small forward. That's tough. But I think that, if, like I mentioned, if Draymond and Steph play 70-plus games – I think they, they hover around 50 wins. I think they're at 49-50-ish, and I think that gets them the fifth seed. Sheesh. 49 wins for yep. the Warriors. I, I feel like at the same time, that seems sacrilegious for a team that was so, you know, uh, consistently hitting, you know, high 50s, high 60s and wins. I currently have the Warriors as the seventh seed. Um, I think that... Steph is going to go bonkers. I think that he could very well average 35 points this season, especially with the volume and the fact that he's a three-point shooter. Um, I think, obviously, this shooting, as we've seen in past years, is going to open up a lot of shots for other teammates. And I think that is where my concern comes in. Um, the other teammates that he has this year are, are are not going to be Clay for a healthy portion of it, are not going to be KD for a healthy portion of it. You mentioned Draymond. I love Draymond. I love what he does defensively. Um we're finally going to see how much Draymond can contribute offensively when he's being tasked to contribute more offensively outside of passing the ball. They need 2016 Draymond Green. Exactly. The 73-win Draymond Green. They need him in order to be close to a 51 team. They do. And, and you know, Draymond has always shown to be a team player and willing to do what is required to win. At the same time, tapping into your scoring mentality – it's not always the easiest thing to do as opposed to tap into your defensive mentality. Um, I don't want to get too much into like, oh, I, I don't know about the D-low fit, you know, because I, I think he'll be fine, but I think he's going to like take a few steps back before he takes a few steps forward. You know what I'm saying? I think it's going to take him a little while. I think other players on that team are going to look better than D-low initially, 
and then something's going to click for him to start going. So I think just some of those fits there are are, are kind of questionable, and their big man rotation. Willie Cali seems already injured. Amar. Um, Kevon Looney is out for a little bit. So you're going to be seeing a lot of Amari Spellman. There's a lot of young pieces coming in. How how often can you rely on them day-to-day for probably what we can imagine to be 10 to maybe 20 games at least? Clay doesn't come back until 2020. <sighs> That's tough for me at a fifth seed. Who's your fifth seed? I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz. Mm. Um, they brought in Mike Conley, who's an upgrade over Ricky Rubio. Uh, another year growth of Donovan Mitchell, but you already know I'm not particularly high on Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, they brought in a Bogdanovich. That's always a good thing when you're able to get one of those on your team. Um, I just think they're a slightly deeper team than they were last year. They got rid of Derek, Fe- Derek Favors, who's a good player, but they're still playing two really big, you know, players at the same time. It just didn't work. Um, I think they grind up, they grind teams defensively, and then offensively, it takes them a while to figure it out. But once they stop scoring in the low 90s, once they start learning how to score um, in the in the upper hundreds, uh, maybe sometime in December or January, I think they really truly take off. But Donovan Mitchell is going to become the X factor for me for them. But I think they're just going to be too good not to win games. Yeah, I have them at six, but I feel like I'm kind of hopping on the bandwagon of the Utah Utah Jazz are going to disappoint. Um, for no reason in particular, <laughs> uh, I just kind of feel like there's always that one team that underachieves, right? Um, and I feel like that could be them this year because there's a lot of steam behind. Oh, the Utah Jazz are a dark horse to get to the finals, right? Da 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 da. And I'm just you. like, it's the Utah Jazz. That's that's why that's why I have them at fifth. I want to respect them, but I'm like, y'all not there yet. No, and I don't think they'll ever be there. So I have them at six. My sixth seed is uh, the Blazers. Uh, you got the Blazers over the Warriors? I do. Jesus. For me, it's all about, like, I think you should have known this by now. It's all continuity and what already makes sense and who did not truly kill themselves in this offseason. The Warriors, I'm not going to say that they killed themselves because what happened, happened. They've reacted as they should have. You know what I'm saying? They gave themselves cap space. They brought over D'Lo. They're in a good position for their future. I think they're going to be back next season with whatever happens next offseason. The reason why I have the Blazers above the Warriors is pretty simple. The Blazers have not been less than a sixth seed in the last four years. They made it as high as the third seed a couple of years ago. Um, They were, what, the fourth or the fifth seed last season? They're just a team that knows who they are and grinds out wins. They beat the bad teams. They come really close to being the good teams and sometimes upsets them. I trust them more to win games in the regular season than I do the Golden State Warriors because they just know who they are. Do you think Steph and Draymond play 70-plus games each? I want to believe that, but the way the injuries happen, So your assumption is no. I don't know. Because I, I really if you te- know. if I tell you that they they play seventy plus games each, do you have Portland over Golden State? You know what my biggest concern is. I kind of fear Clay doesn't come back even too early. I don't I don't even think about Clay coming back though. That's my thing. If Clay comes back, that's totally totally fine. He's gonna come back at some point. For number one, it's Clay Thompson. Like his mindset, he's not missing a whole year. He's going to come back probably about 20-ish, 25 games left maybe. But, again, if Draymond and Steph play 70 games, you are going to be – it's going to h- hard for you to convince me that the Portland Trailblazers win more games than that duo. Again, I have to see it as a duo. 
I have to see it. We've never seen them as just a duo without Clay. We we did in the playoffs. And where did that lead them to? They swept Portland. They they swept Portland. <laughs> yeah, that's and my point. Made, and then they made. But that's my point though. In that two. Game, that's a seven game series. No, I hear what you're saying, you know but what I'm that saying? two versus when I'm looking at that team though, the construction of that team with just them two, right? Mm-hmm. No Clay. Or actually, Clay did play, but he was terrible. He, he was terrible, but and he, he was still hurt. Played. Versus the Portland Trailblazers, there's no way that they're going to finish above that. I just can't, if, in if, any world, I can't if, see if that. If we were talking about the playoffs, yes, but this isn't the playoffs. We're talking about the regular season. I hear you. If this is a, game, if this is a gun to my head, we're talking about a series, I'd probably go with the Warriors. But the way that the Portland just does so well in the regular season, I think it's going to hurt the Warriors even more so because they don't have the depth. And I fear injuries are going to happen. I think other players that aren't Steph, that aren't Draymond, are not going to be up to the task. <sighs> I hear what you're saying. I just It's hard for me to believe that the Blazers finish with a better record. It's going to be close. This is a team. It's, it's, not like, it's not like they're going to be winning like five games above the Warriors. It's going to be like a two- to three-game win, win type situation. I, I, I hear you. They won 53 games last year. They were third. I think they were third seed last year, if I'm not mistaken. They were the third seed. So they were third seed two years in a row. And they won 49 games before that in 41 in 2016-2017. And 44 the year before that. I just don't see – I think Portland's another team. I said this last year, actually. Um, I said that Portland has reached its potential, and I think it's only downhill from here. See, I feel like they're at that point right now. I'm, I'm, I'm on the opposite side. I'm not saying that there's another ceiling. I don't think there's another ceiling for Portland um, until they maybe get another third player that finally changes it. Um, but their financial situation over the last five years has really kind of damned them to who they are. But because they've reached their peak and they are who they are, I trust them more because I've seen them do what they do at the same level for a consistent amount of time. I just feel more comfortable just being like, yeah, I trust you to grind out these wins versus the Golden State Warriors. Like, I've never seen this for a full season. This is too many question marks. How does Steve Kerr, you know, get this younger group of players, some proven, many of them unproven, and make it work? This is going to be a true coaching philosophy change for him as far as just like, okay, how do I truly develop this? That's just a lot of question marks. And you and I have talked about Steve Kerr's issues in the past. Steph Curry's going to ball out. Dre's going to get his. I'm worried about everyone else on that roster. But I think that I think your concern with D'Lo as a from watching them play, I'm not concerned with D'Lo because one Steve Kerr has been able to adapt to his players. He has. And Steph Curry is the most adaptable player to play with. He will adapt his style of play to fit your game. I agree. So D'Lo's style, if he wants to run a 1-4 pick and roll, yeah. They could do that. They can. And I think that playing with Steph makes it that much easier for D'Lo to be effective. Yeah. Now, if they didn't have that third scoring op- or that second scoring option, now I'm looking at this team like, whew, it's going to be a struggle. But because they have a 20-plus point per game scorer who can facilitate, who when Steph sits down, he can go run the show and get buckets and dish it out, I think they'll be all right. But let, let's move on. Let's I, I, move on. I, I think a one last point about the Warriors, and this is why I'm concerned, especially with Kevon Looney being injured in the early season and Willie Colley-Stein being injured in the early parts of the season. Draymond Green, as of right now, being slotted into a starting lineup, 
You mentioned Marquise Chris. We have, we'll have to see it in a longer period of time. Draymond Green is their only true plus side defensive player in that lineup. I'm concerned. That and, and I'm gonna just end it on that. Steph Curry's a good help defender, but Draymond Green is their only true plus defender in that starting lineup without Kevon Looney, without Willie Colleystein. Oh yeah, we, that's concerning. We know that defense is not their strong suit at and, all. And, 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 but but when they're gonna play against those teams that have better defensive chops, they're gonna put up the numbers. But are they going to stop other teams from putting up numbers? And that, I'm concerned about that. I hear you. I, I get what you're saying, too, but that's exactly how I look at Portland, too. But we'll, we'll move on. Who is your – what are we on, seven? No, we're on – my seven team. It'll your be my seven team because my seven team is the Warriors. Uh, my seven team was Portland. So we're on the last spot, which I found the most difficult. The last spot's hard. It's, uh, it's really hard. You go first, and I'll go with mine. Initially, my eighth seed was the Spurs. Because the Spurs never die. You just wanted to give respect, 100? It was more than just respect. I was just like, it just makes sense for the Spurs to be the Spurs and just do it for the eighth. Um, the team that I put up here is more of a recent thing and because I've liked what they've done in preseason. Ooh, we might be on the same team. I think the Pelicans are going to get the eighth seed, and I don't know how to feel about that. I got the Pelicans at eight, too. I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, I feel good. I'm happy for them. But I'm just like, as a Wolves fan, maybe that's why I'm just like, ugh. But they've looked good. And not just like living up to the hype and Zion and all that. No, they've just looked good. And they have great pieces outside of Zion. But obviously, his greatness is going to propel them. Um, And Drew Holiday's health as well. Well, I think that's the thing. When you look at that roster, they have – why I have them at eight is because they have – NBA players. Mm. When you look at that starting five, you look at B.I., you look at Zoe, you look at Drew Holiday, Zion, you look at Derek Favors. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good start. That's a good starting lineup. That's a, that's a very great start. And then off the bench, you have Josh Hart. Again, a 3 and D guy who can who, get after who it. honestly might not even get playing time because of J.J. Redick. Another above average player. That, that was guy. the guy who was in the next year. And uh, Nikal Alexander, who's been looking ridiculous. I think he might win that spot over Josh he Hart. He ain't win. I'm going to be honest with you. He's not. He's a, he's um, a better three-point shooter than Josh Hart. It's going to be interesting. That's going to be the battle. I hear I hear that, but they can't play. They The reason they need to play Josh Hart is because of defense. I don't even know who that guy you just named. I don't think he's going to play. He was, a, he, was a, he was a 3 and D guy coming out of college. He was actually one of those folks that like he could have – he could have ended up in the top 10, but a lot of folks are like, if you get him at any range from 12 to 16, you got yourself a steal. And he's looked good. And he's got he's been playing more in preseason than Josh, but we're going to see. That's going to be the battle. Yeah, and, and they also have Etwan Moore, who, again, another great shooter. Um, I just think they have – they got some hoopers. And me personally, I think Lonzo Ball is probably in my top five favorite players. I think he's somewhere in that four or five range. Oh, that's interesting. Um, just because I like the way he plays and I like his demeanor. Mm. Like he just like he just go like you know he takes it all took a that thing with his dad the thing with the Lakers he just he just took all that people criticizing his shot he just goes he's, out there and hoops. He's, he's mentally tough yeah he goes out there and hoops and he makes the way he plays he goes out there to play to make everybody better right and I I love that I love that about a player um, and I think him he's gonna make Zion's world a lot easier he's gonna feed him so much um, Zion's gonna get so many easy buckets because of that. Um, and they got somebody, Brandon Ingram, who's a guy who could potentially 
elevate himself into that 22, 23 points a game score. Good. So they Good. have the opportunity. They have um, they have high boom, little bust opportunity. They have what's his name too. They have a their backup center is a top ten pick. I didn't even know Julio Okafor. No, um, Hayes, Jackson Hayes, right? Well, Jackson Hayes, but I don't think I don't think Hayes is gonna play over Okafor. Mean me neither. But it's just like they have a top ten pick on their bench. They do. Too. They do. Um, Okafor has had a great. Uh, he was pre-season. great in the second. Great so, preseason. He was great in the second half of last season. Yeah, I have the. I think the Pelicans at eight makes the most sense for me. That's why. Two questions for you. Mm-hmm. One, do you trust Zoe's jumper going into this year? It's been a mixed bag thus far, but in preseason he's been knocking down the step backs with more accuracy than he what, has in the past. What do you mean? Do I tr- do I trust him to take it or I trust him to make it? Do you trust him to make it? Do, do you I mean, think he's going to have a higher clip than he has in the past? Yes, I think he's going to have a higher clip in the past. For me, Zoe's biggest thing is always just to get the shot up. Mm-hmm. Like, because if he's shooting that shot, it takes the pressure off, mm-hmm. right? So, and he's been fly, firing it. He's doing step backs. That's great to see. They don't really need him to do that. They just need him to be in attack mode. Right. So, if that means shooting that jump shot, he's got to shoot that jump shot. Mm-hmm. Going at, attacking the rim, laying it up, just being a attack Attacking Lonzo Ball is a great Lonzo Ball. Uh, second question. You've been on this podcast and have been adamantly mm-hmm. anti-Zion. Is the hate still there? And if it's not there, what have you seen that have been like, you know what, Zion is going to be all right? No, I think what I've seen from Zion is exactly what I expected to see from him. Mm. Athleticism. He's more athletic than everybody else. Simple. You you, you haven't liked the, 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 the handles? Crossing dudes over because those are the type of things I was telling you about Zion that thought I was telling you were going to translate into the league. The thing is, is I need to see that consistent. Like I'll see one or two plays. Like he'll have a one play like that per game, which is cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's like it's completely different. Where if they're giving you the ball fifteen feet out, ten times a game and saying go get that bucket, like he's doing these moves once again. That's cool. That's great. But again, did did, did you watch that Utah Jazz game? <laughs> Yeah, he finished over Gobert twice. I've seen it. it again. I'm intrigued. Solid. Zion's doing exactly what I expected him to do. Again, I still think that RJ Barrett's going to be the best player out of that class. I'm going to die on that hill. I planted my flag a long time ago. I'm not taking my flag out. <laughs> I'm riding with it. I'm always wrong about college players, so I'm not surprised that Zion's doing great. Um, but I didn't, I didn't expect him to muscle with Rudy Gobert like that. When I saw that, I bro, was like. I'm going to be honest with you. Rudy Gobert's huff. If I was an NBA player, I would I would go at Rudy Gobert ten times out of ten. That that's just me. I've seen some players put Rudy Gobert in the in the rim. I'm 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 shrugging my shoulders because the analytics love him as a defensive oh player. God. He has great defensive. Fourteenth best player in the NBA, right? No, um, but at the same time, as the eye test goes, I still won't get over the cat cat Gobert stuff. But we talked about that in the last yeah, podcast. T- but man, come Zion on, has still impressed me, being six six. Going up against the Stifle Eiffel um, and doing what he did. That was, uh, that was pretty impressive. Um, so that's our top eight uh, with the Pelicans winning the eighth seed. So then, how do you like, how does the rest of the Western Conference guy look down for me? Like, don't just rank him in your order as you currently have it. Um, so, I was the teams I were considering for the eighth, um, for me, it was out of four teams. It was obviously I, I gave it to the Pelicans, um, I considered the Spurs. Dallas, Sacramento, Minnesota. So those are the teams 
again, it's hard for me to rank them. It's easier to give them by tiers, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think that that those four teams I just named plus the Pelicans, so those five teams are in that same tier, where it's like these teams. If one of these teams snuck into the playoffs, it I wouldn't will. be surprised. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But I don't think they're that much better. I think the Pelicans probably have the biggest gap between them, between everybody they have, else. They have the best balance yeah. out of all these teams. Um, And so that just leaves with the remaining teams that leaves. Actually, you know what? If OKC doesn't trade Chris Paul, I would group them into that category. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, a, that's the way that I had it right now. Like if So my the way that I ranked them, and I'm going to just go in order for me, I had Spurs at 9, a very close call, Kings at 10, Wolves at 11, Mavs at 12, Thunder at 13, Suns, and then the Grizzlies. Let's just, like you said, let's just cut off the Suns and the Grizzlies. We know they're going to be bad. <laughs> they're going to be trash. I think the Suns are going to be great, are going to be good for their standards this season. They're going to win like 30-something games, and shouts to them. But the Thunder, Mavs, Wolves, Kings, and even Pelicans, like like you said, that is, that is fascinating to me because it's really going to come down to which one of these teams can find their stride better than the other. Thus far, I think the Pelicans look a little bit more promising. I'm concerned about the Spurs, man. I'm concerned about the Spurs. I also don't think that the Mavericks are as good as everyone wants them to be. Outside of Doncic, outside of Porzingis, who hasn't played in over a year, mm-hmm. who else is on that roster, bro? Maxi Kleber is a sleeper. <laughs> He's been a good, productive role player. Seth Curry has been one of the best three-point shooters in the league for the last couple of seasons. But who else is on that roster? Like that, that is very concerning to me if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan. Yeah. And and I think that lack of depth depth is gonna show. Uh I think they have probably like the highest potential with that duo. Yeah, without a doubt. That duo is sexy. Yeah. You know, I look at the Kings. I think the Kings are the are that team and the reason I have them at tenth, I'm like, you know, does Luke Walton change enough in their offensive philosophy? Do those players have that continuity from last year? Do they have it? Do they have the mentality? If they have the mentality, you know, you would probably want to have them ahead of the Pels, but the Pelicans right now, just because of they have so many high, above average IQ players, it's hard to put anyone above them. But I'm concerned about the Spurs, to be honest with you. I am. Mm-hmm. I think the Spurs, I don't, I think the Spurs would have been lower than the Timberwolves if I did them like in the actual ranking. Right. I just don't think the Spurs. I think this is finally the year where we see them fully embrace the youth youth movement and get rid of DeMar DeRozan, get rid of LaMarcus Aldridge. Just kind of like finally you say, you know what? Instead of like pushing ourselves and like killing ourselves trying to get to an eighth or seventh seed, we're just going to say, let's put Derek White in. Let's put uh, Deontay Murray in. You know, let's fully go young. Lonnie Walker. Let's fully go young and embrace and see where we can get. And and, and Deontay Murray, I, I I feel that had he not gotten injured, I probably would not be here right now. You know, a, you lose a year of Deontay Murray's growth, who changes jumper, which I will die on this hill that he should not have become a righty. He had a good-looking left jump shot. I hate it when players switch from going from lefty to righty or vice versa. I hate it. Stick <laughs> with your jump shot and just fix it. <laughs> look at Lonzo. He didn't become a lefty, even though his form had him looking like he should have been one. Um... But I, you know, so Deontay Murray's growth. Okay, cool. Uh, Lonnie Walker, another player who was injury-riddled most of last season, going into his second year now, barely had a rookie season. Okay, what is truly his ceiling? Is he more of a role player? Is he another Amon Shumpert? Or is he actually someone that can truly contribute with 25, 30 minutes a game? DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, good 
players that we know will never win the championship. And so they're just stuck in this kind of no man's land. And unlike past Spurs teams, I think this is going to be the year where that no man's land comes back to bite them. And they're just not going to be able to win enough games. Yep, I agree. I, when I looked at the Timberwolves, um, I wanted to be a homer and put them in the playoffs. Um, but I think there's too many variables yeah. that go into it. Like, Wiggins has to take that step. The four, uh, Covington at the four has to really work. Cat has to protect the rim and anchor the defense. Um, these journey guys, kind of like Layman, Vonley, Shabazz Napier, Bell, Jordan Bell, like Trevian these guys Graham. have to like really turn into feasible players. All these things are within realm. Don't get yeah. me wrong. They're not but bad it's, players. They're it's average a, players. It's yeah. a lot to go into it. Mm-hmm. Um, new and I coach, just, new system. I think they're a year away from really taking that leap. So that's why I don't have them there. And I will say they they've looked good. Who I did want to ask, who do you think is going to be the Wolves' fourth starter? I th- like I think the Our fourth, fifth, star- fifth, the fifth starter, starter I should yeah. say. I think the fifth starter is going to be rotating. I think it's going to be rotating per matchup. Um I think as of right now the last two games and mm-hmm. I think uh Sanders said this, Sanders said this that um the players that he's going to be playing featuring a little bit more is going to be a little bit more consistent with what the you know the in-season roster is going to look like so these next couple preseason games upcoming are going to be pretty key about seeing who's going to be getting which playing time and which spots. Trevion Graham Surprisingly, um, has become someone who started the last two games. Um, Jake Lake, Jake Lehman has looked good um, as well off the bench and when he started. Um, someone that we haven't seen in preseason, who I think will make a pretty big difference when he actually does play, because they've talked a lot about him, um, is Jordan Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jordan Bell becomes important to me because of his versatility defensively. He's also a willing passer. But I think more importantly, one of the biggest issues for this team for this season is going to be rebounding. If you're going to be playing Robert Covington at the four, rebounding is going to become really important because he's undersized. Yeah. And so I think they're going to be forced at some in some games, depending on who they play, uh, where they're going to have to go Jeff Teague, Wiggins, Covington, and then bring in a Jordan Bell next to Cat just so you can get some offensive rebounds, just so you can get the defensive rebounds and not give up second-chance opportunities. So that fourth starter to me, it's just best served as, all right, based on this matchup, we're going to start off like this until they find that lineup that makes sense for them. Yeah, I think that that's why they probably start Graham, too, is because he's more of like a gritty get-after player and yeah. he's not afraid to rebound. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they've probably been starting him the last couple of games because it's you know a little extra body in the paint. Exactly. Um, I will say I did want to give some credit just to kind of uh, I watched that last game versus – I don't know. I don't Mac- know. Maccabi Haifa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that game. Um, I wasn't – it's hard to put too much merit into stuff like that because of um, – The level of competition? Yeah, the competition. But it was more just like the little things, right? Mm. Um, and I seen Wiggins. There's a couple plays that Wiggins made. I was just like, okay, he might finally be getting it. One of them was he caught the ball – probably like the 20-foot mark. Yeah. Um, usually Wiggins would have caught He probably would have fired up that mid-range shot. That turnaround fadeaway. Yeah. Baseline. Mm-hmm. He took a step. He said, nope, you know what? Took an extra dribble. Took three dribbles. Bop, bop, bop. bop, bop. And then a step back yep. and then shot the three. I was like, okay, Wiggins, that's – we need more of that. I never, ever yeah, seen we, ball Yeah, we like need that. more of that. Um, another play Wiggins had was Covington caught it in the paint. Um, Could have went up, kind of had two guys by him, so he kicked up to Wiggins. Wiggins had a step in three. And I was like, okay. Again, that's something we need to see more of. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. I like to see you shoot that shot. 
Um, and it wasn't even the fact that he made it. It was more just the fact that he took those shots and we're getting those looks. Right. Because those are huge. Mm-hmm. It's little things like that because in previous years we would have seen, you know, the, the contested f- mid-range jump shot fading away or, you know, things like that. So I like seeing the little stuff like that. Culver's looked really solid. Um He's going to be an interesting guy to see what his ceiling really is and what his position truly is. Yeah, so it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year for the Timberwolves. It's an exciting year. We might I might go to the season opener. I, I think this season goes as far as everyone wants to say Wiggins, and that's obviously the easy one to go to. We talked about how he's uh, the number one NBA scapegoat, um, but I think that this season goes as far as how healthy Covington and how locked in Jeff Teague is. Um, you know, those first two games, Covington looked like he was still getting his legs behind him. Um, and we forget that when he joined us in those first couple of weeks before he got injured last season, he had turned what was initially, what, a 28th worst uh, defensive team in the league. Mm-hmm. And we became a top 10 defensive team with the quickness. Um, I'm not sure how quick that turnaround will be this time with eight new bodies. Um, but at the same time, his impact is absolutely incredible. Um, and it's one of the main reasons why he was including that Jimmy Butler deal. So I'm excited to see him get his legs underneath him and him finding his jump shot, but especially him finding his legs defensively. Mm. Um, and then obviously Jeff Teague, right? He's in a contract year. He's most likely not coming back to Minnesota. I would presume he's not coming back to Minnesota. After I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Teague retires, honestly. Sheesh. Uh, <laughs> no, he's he's like 32, 33. Um, and he's just one of those dudes where I could just see him like, you know what? I'm done with this. This chapter. You gonna pull a Darren Collison? No, I, I think he likes a lot of they, they kinda talked about too where Jeff Teague has taken on a lot of like a like a coaching role in mm-hmm. some sense. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, you know what, let me get into coaching earlier, start as a player development and then work my way up. That would be crazy, yo. It's happened like, before. Like, I mean it's not that it hasn't happened before. I think for me it's wild to imagine Jeff Teague doing that just for the simple fact that he can still help an NBA team. Well, I think that might s- be the reason why. But at the same time, I look at the other side of it, and I'm like, kind of makes sense. You know what I'm saying? You're not the sexiest point guard on the market. You'll get money in this upcoming market. Rubio just signed a $51 million contract. Mm-hmm. So you can certainly go get your money one one last time, which is why I think he'll probably Yeah, I think he'll probably cash out. But, but I think he's that other X factor because he is in a contract year with a new offensive system, more switchability, and you know he's been one of the most vocal wolves when it comes to when it came to criticizing Thibs and criticizing the, the system in the past. I think he will lean on that a lot more mm-hmm. with his type of freedom. And I just hope that he, he lets it fly from beyond the arc. He's one of our better three-point shooters. So it's going to be an interesting season. Who's the your least watchable team out West? Obviously, there's probably a couple obvious answers, but is there any surprising answers? You're just going with the obvious ones. To be honest with you, man, I would watch Memphis Grizzlies games. I would watch Suns games. Mm. They have players on those teams that I would want to watch. Mm. Like unlike like the Hornets and the Cavs out east, I don't care about anyone on those teams. I really don't. Like I'm curious to see how Darius Garland does, but because of their point guard conundrum, I don't even want to see it. Versus like the Suns, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch Rubio and Devin Booker. Let me see how Devin Booker's doing. Let me see DeAndre Ayton. I would watch the Grizzlies. I want like let me see John ja Morant ball out. Let me see Tyus Jones and how he does. You know what I'm saying? Like Triple J. You know what I'm saying? Let me see how he does in year two. I don't think that there is a team. I mean, you can you can name those two teams, but. I'll, I would still watch those games, to be honest with you. I could care less about watching the Utah Jazz play. I was going to say the Spurs, if anything. Well, yeah, the (laughs) the Spurs, too. The Spurs and Utah Jazz, those are two teams where I'm just like, bruh, 
I'm not. Then don't let it be a Denver and Utah game. I'm not turning the. Ch- I'm changing the channel. I don't want to watch. I could care less about. Those are just two teams where it's just like, like, bro, like, I don't really. Y'all don't do nothing for me. No offense. Like, you guys are probably decent teams. You guys are playoff teams, but it's not watchable basketball. Right. I don't care about watching a Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert pick and pop or pick and roll three. Like, I, I just, it's not going to do it for me. It's not going to do it. Oh, my Lord. How, how they made that all work is going to be interesting. Um, we, we, we've had a pretty long episode, so I, I think I'm going to save accolades and stuff. Yeah, we could do that for, another, for time. another time. But going back to the Wolves, last thing, how many wins do you think they get this season? Thirty-eight. That's a respectable number. Uh, I had I want between I think anywhere between thirty-eight and forty-two. Mm-hmm. I think that's a success. Yeah, I I got them at forty-one wins. Anything, yeah, anything below thirty-five is a failure in my opinion. So that's kind of where I'm at with them. Nah, I fully agree. Let us know what you think. NBA season is coming up. It's starting. The first game, I think, is on the 22nd because we got some great games coming up. What do you guys think about our standings? Who do you think is going to win out west? Who do you think is going to win out east? We're going to be following up with those accolades, MVPs, playoff predictions, all that fun stuff on the next episode. But you can go follow follow, follow my man on Twitter, on the Grammy, at Cousin Juwan. You can hit me up, at Jeff Embiid, like Joel Embiid. We want to hear your thoughts. Till then. Now who's running the show? Me. Ha, ha, he, he. We toppin' the bill now, stackin' the bills now.